This is Too Much Grit to Quit. Sports personalities Shelly Till and Dave O'Hara bring you non-sugar-coated stories of the famous, not-so-famous, and everyday hometown heroes who have overcome adversity and incredible challenges to achieve success. Too Much Grit to Quit. Discover the key to unlock the chains that keep you from achieving your dreams. Please subscribe, like, share, and download today. Hello, welcome in to Too Much Grit to Quit. I am your co-host, Shelly Till, alongside my friend, Dave O'Hara, and we are very happy to be here with you once again for another great episode of Too Much Grit to Quit. Dave, this is number five for us. We are number five. We made it this far. They haven't pulled the plug on us yet, Shelly. It has been a joy, and we want to thank our listeners for the great feedback we've gotten from you. Again, a lot of you have, have liked, subscribed, shared, downloaded, and that's what we're after is just sharing this, uh, these stories, Shelly. And i got to tell the listeners, full disclosure, Shelly is playing a road game for us today, pun intended here. <laughs> let, the, let the listeners know, one, where you are in general but then also specifically or literally where are you this is a great story listeners well i just arrived in san jose california a couple hours ago and uh as we say in the business the show must go on Mm -hmm. so riley my son riley and i flew out to spend the week with claire and george and uh i'm literally shooting this podcast from george kittle's uh, clothing (laughs) and shoe closet (laughs) <laughs> and, 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 and quite a uh, quite a collection you said uh, of clothes as well as shoes, right? Yes, George has become a shoe guy. Now that he's in the NFL, he's worse than Mel DeMarcos for those of you who remember. <laughs> I do. I'm a few years older than you, and I I truly, honestly was going to say he is the Mel DeMarcos of the NFL. So we're on the same page, Shelley, as always. Yeah, he, <laughs> he he may very well be, but yes, we are here in sunny. Thank the Lord. Not raining, mm. San Jose, California. Yeah, I, I will tell you this. I was going to joke with you and say, well, at least you had no traffic because I've made that flight. You said you went from Chicago to uh, San Jose, but uh, Manetta, San Jose Airport, but you can also fly into Oakland and or then SFO or San Francisco International. And I'll tell you, Shelley, yeah, you're esca- escaping the severe weather. There usually aren't any thunderstorms. It rains, obviously, in Northern California or the Bay Area, but there aren't any thunderstorms usually. Uh, but there are those other things that start with an E out there, and I'm not going to say that word, but... But uh, no warnings for those, by the way. But yeah, we, again, as we record this, uh, Shelly, in Iowa here, overcast skies. It looks like it's uh, the middle of the night at, uh, you know, late afternoon. So you escaped the weather, I think. Well, that's good. I, I, I hate to leave you behind with it, but <laughs> I was starting to feel like a duck. Oh, I tell you, get the fins out, listeners, unfortunately. Yeah, if you're in the Midwest right now, and, you know, I don't want to, you and I joke a little bit about the, the, the amount of water here, but, oh, our hearts go out to the folks in, in uh, Oklahoma, Kansas, uh, Missouri, Iowa, where there have been some severe weather deaths in the last couple weeks. And, uh, Shelly, uh, hopefully when you come back from California, you can bring us some relief because we've got rain uh, forecasted through the middle of this week end of the weekend and boy i'll tell you the the uh water meters are full here so we've had enough that's for sure in iowa specifically and we did however it was a nice break finally for memorial day weekend i think uh everybody needed that mentally Mm -hmm. and physically to get out in some sunshine and we're able to celebrate and remember um memorial day and what it's really all about so that was a, a great 
uh, a wonderful weekend in the Midwest. I'm really glad. Yes, I'm really glad you brought that up because uh, we, Shelly and I have talked about in the past, and you'll see in our podcast descriptions and bios and in the radio show as well, that we want to highlight uh, everybody in the world of sport with stories of grit, perseverance, uh, as Shelly likes to coin the phrase, and I think it's very apropos of, of turning their pain into a, a, a you know good story, uh, being the key to unlocking our pain is sharing these stories. And we are definitely going to have military uh, members, former military military or current military members on male and female upcoming. Uh, but right now, I'm so glad you brought that up, Shelley, because, you know, we've got another uh, athletic or an athlete story, uh, unfortunately, posthumously this week to bring up. But uh, again, big time shout out, as Shelley mentioned, to all of our veterans. And, and you know, Shelley, the thing that always fascinates me and tell you, really think about it. Every listener here is connected to a military member in some way, shape, or form, right? Either your neighbor, your family member, your uncle, a cousin. Everybody has an effect has been affected by the military or uh, people who are in the service industry. So we don't want to overlook those folks, definitely. Absolutely, and uh, I, I know it's it's post Memorial Day as you're hearing this, but I and Dave, I know you, I speak for you as well. Want to give a huge shout out mm-hmm. and. Thank you to all of our military members across the country, across the globe, and their families. And I think a lot of times the families get uh, overlooked in that and the sacrifices that families make as well. And and, uh, my father was a Vietnam War vet. Um, Mm. He has since passed. But um, certainly remembering him this past weekend, along with all of the wonderful men and women who do what they do every single day without question to protect our right to live in this amazing country. Yeah, and you talk about grit. That is the true definitive of grit is sacrifice. And and the families, too. I'm glad you brought that up, Shelley, because it's not just the military members. I have no one in my direct, immediate family, but a lot of friends and, and uh, relatives who have served in the military and also the service industry. So uh, primarily the military is what we're talking about. But And, and well stated, Shelley. Thank you for that. And, and, yes, I definitely am in agreement with you on that. But, you know, this week uh, earlier, right before Memorial Day, the NFL lost a legend, Hall of Famer, and Bart Starr, uh, the former legendary Green Bay Packer quarterback, and then something that hit near to, and closer to me on Memorial Day, early in the, earlier in the morning before noon, uh, Bill Buckner, a legendary uh, Major League Baseball player, played for the Dodgers, the Cubs, uh, most famously for the Boston Red Sox, and Shelley and I are going to get into that story, and then also um, finished his career in California with the Angels and also the Kansas City Royals. But Shelley, you know, when we talk about sports and how this, you know, and Bill Buckner and I had the occasion to uh, interview him a couple of times with a friend of mine and, and my co-host uh, on another program, Bob Janier with Cubs Alumni Chat. And Bobby D is a former Cub uh, Gold Glove winner and a, and a great player in his own right with the Cubs back in the day and was a brief teammate of Bill Buckner's, as you'll hear uh, later in the show from the sound bites that Bobby and I recorded with Bill over the last couple of years. And, and you know, the interesting thing to that, Shelley, is, is that um, – you know, even though they were only together for a couple months and then Bill Buckner got sent out to, famously to Boston for Dennis Eckersley and everybody thinks Eck remembers him as the closer for the Oakland A's and the, and the Cardinals at the end of his career. But Dennis Eckersley was a starting pitcher uh, for his first part of his career. And so before I get, we get into Bill Buckner's story, I want you and I to talk a little bit about grit when you talk about a guy like Bart Starr who played in the, the coldest game in NFL history, the, the uh, Frozen Bowl in Green Bay against the Dallas Cowboys. A little bit before both of our times but we've all seen the clips and the stories and then also a guy like Dennis Eckersley who battled alcoholism who basically his career he was a mid a mid 
eh, mid-level at best starting pitcher. And then he had some good years, but then all of a sudden he came out of rehab, became a relief pitcher, and a Hall of Famer in a very short period of time. So, Shelly, I think you and I have talked about this many times in our past podcast, and your son-in-law, George Kittle, being one with his career at Iowa uh, with injuries, and people look at it and say, oh, well, it's not what it could have been, but found his uh, mark a big time in the NFL. So the reason Shelley and I use these stories uh, in relativity to sports, but then also later on with military and other stories, and even last week's podcast with Brandon Snyder, whether it's self-induced or not, Shelley, there are so many ancillary byproducts and side things pulling us in every direction. I got to tell you, from the, the just when we think to the most recent to the past, even the distant past, and the stories we've just told recently – Grit just constantly blows me away every day, the, the grit that people show. And again, whether it's self-induced or not, when they get themselves in times of peril or stress or strife, I'll tell you, that G-R-I-T, that four-letter word, the best four-letter word I think I know, for besides love, obviously. But man, what a word. And we've had some fantastic stories and thoughts so far, haven't we? We really have. And for me, it just every week is more reaffirming as to why we're doing this. Um, I grew up as an athlete. I grew up um, not only playing basketball, I was a, a four-sport athlete for a while in high school, but then playing basketball in college and then going on to coach at basically every level uh, there is in terms of basketball. But just And then now being able to broadcast uh, for college women's basketball has afforded me the opportunity to see grit almost on a daily basis in terms of athletes and what they go through, as you mentioned, um, and it's it blows me away uh, every single time. Just it's such an honor to be able to call games and to learn the stories of the young men and women who play a game that they fell in love with as a little boy or a little girl. And you don't make it to the level of a Bart Starr or of a Billy Buckner or of a George Kittle. Uh, a, um, you know, a Katie Sowers who was on our number two podcast mm-hmm. episode without overcoming adversity. And I uh, had the just distinct blessing to have a high school coach whose name is Bill Hafer. And he taught me one thing that sticks, still sticks with me today. And he just said, you know what? If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Bingo. Wow. You know, and that is so true. And we hear that expression all the time, but you lived it. And, you know, like we're not that dissimilar. Like you, I was a four-sport athlete, and I went to – I didn't go D1, but out of high school, I went to junior college, had two very successful years at Kirkwood and Cedar Rapids. And then after that, I, I traveled or transferred to a four-year school, got my degree, and, and got into the family life. So I didn't continue onward, but I will tell you this to your exact point. The thing that fascinates me so much, and I know I use that word a lot, interesting or fascinating, but it really is fascinating in this respect, Shelley, to what you just said. People, athletes, yourself, myself, uh, listeners, you can relate to this. The thing that, fa- that, that really gets to me is how people use grit or they use the adversity as fuel. You know, some people really crave once it's happened to them, you know, you hear in Shelly and in, in, especially like in sports of baseball where the failure rate is so high, where if you're in a major leagues, if you, if you get a hit three out of 10 times, you're an all-star, you're darn near a hall of famer. And it's, so it's built on failure. And the, and you hear this all the time, Shelly in sports, you got to have a short memory, but you be, be, better be able to learn from what happened to you. So that's the thing to me that really, really makes me happy. 
happy is to see people take the adversity and use it as fuel. I mean, that, that still to me gets to me after all these years. I love seeing that in people. Yeah, and that's that's why we fall in love with sports mm-hmm. in general. I think it's um, every we we see everyone's highlight reel, especially in this this era of social media. But what we don't see a lot of the time are the pains and the failures and the literally falling down and the missed shots and the turnovers mm-hmm. and the fumbles and the strikeouts and the errors in the field and you name it and and. Now, at the high, the higher the level you go, the more we see visibly those mistakes. But those mistakes were made at a young age, and because people are allowed to be in an environment at a young age to make those mistakes and are supported by great coaches or family members or teammates, when you're that young in those formative years, when you make those mistakes and you have that safe environment to do that in and yeah it stings and it stinks Mm -hmm. and you don't want nobody wants to make a mistake but when you can do that and you have a supportive environment around you to grow from that to learn from that failure that is how you develop your grit muscle and that's why as you progress and we see these major leaguers and as you mentioned we're going to talk about Bill Buckner and the one thing that everybody wants to, you know, uh, highlight, not even highlight, but talk about with his career mm-hmm. is, you know, the one mistake that stands out in the media, but his, he's so much more than that. And every athlete that plays the game is so much bigger than their mistakes, mm-hmm. but, but it's those who learn from it and grow from it. And like I said, grow that grip muscle. That's why we all get to stand and watch in the arena the greatness that follows that that's right and the greatness in a human being not just athletically you're exactly right and Shelly I've heard you use the, those words before and I'm going to start using it and footnoting it to you to credit you grit muscle I love that because as we all know you've got to exercise your muscles and with inactivity you don't have it and so we've got to show that grit and exercise it all the time and as Shelly mentioned uh, listeners again this is too much grit to quit she's Shelly Till I'm Dave O'Hara Shelly's my friend and co-host here and Shelly is uh, a basketball analyst and I host uh, daily sports uh, radio shows and so we got together on this podcast and if you haven't heard yet we've got our first four episodes up now and again please as you've heard in the beginning of the show and you'll hear at the end of the show our announcer tell you to please uh, like download subscribe and share we'd greatly appreciate that because we love sharing these stories with you so as Shelly had mentioned even, yeah go ahead I was sorry I just wanted to, to chime in there Dave we even have our first reviews on Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. like People are listening and writing about it, and they're, they're liking it. So uh, we appreciate that, listeners. We appreciate you taking the time to tell us uh, your thoughts. And even when you write those reviews, let us know if there's somebody that you would like to hear from um, us to interview and bring on the podcast. But we so appreciate your engagement with us. Really glad you brought that up because I, was, I said this to you off the air, and I'm going to bring it on the air. Those 
in, it's it's interesting, funny, and, and happy in a good way that those reviews we've gotten they use the word inspire interspersed throughout those. And I got to tell you, Shelley, I think you're just like me. We both talked about this off the air. Let's bring it on the air. I'm we're inspired by those <laughs> inspiring reviews. So thanks for the kind words and anything we need to, as Shelley had mentioned, anything we need to improve on or a guest that you'd like to have us have, please share those thoughts with us too. So we uh, we want to show our grit muscle, as Shelley said, and and get and just continue to grow this thing. And we love you being a part of it, uh, listeners, and, and we love being a part of your world So uh, and share these stories. So as Shelley had mentioned, we're going to share Bill Buckner's story, again, uh, who passed away on Memorial Day, uh, mid or early early to late morning, and, and uh, mid-morning, I would say, and he passed away. It was made public knowledge, and, and we want to talk about Bill Buckner's great story of grit, and as Shelley had mentioned, showing that grit muscle, not just from the main play that everybody wants to talk about to his uh, detriment or to credit him with that play. There is so much more, as Shelley had mentioned. I had the occasion to interview him, as I mentioned earlier in this segment, uh, with a, my friend and co-host of another show, Bob Denier, former Cub great. So we're going to have that, uh, and we're also going to have some sound from those past interviews with Bill Buckner, and can't wait to share that story with you and uh, Bill's story. So rest in peace, my friend uh, Bill. It's it's uh, it's 69 years old. I know people say, well, he lived a good life, but boy, he it, it, just, it was cut far too short and. Uh, I say that as a mere mortal because we're selfish and we want more time with with uh, people like that. So again, R.I.P. to Bill Buckner. Back with more of Too Much Grit to Quit. Shelley Tilla, Dave O'Hara. Back with more in just a few moments. Welcome back. This is Too Much Grit to Quit. I am Shelley Till, and alongside my co-host and friend Dave O'Hara, and we want to thank you for joining us again here for episode number five. And just a nice reminder, if you could. Take some time to subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it if you are so inclined, and certainly share and help us get this out to as many people as we can. And, and the way the metrics work in podcast land is the more ratings and reviews we get, the higher charts we move. So if you are liking what you're hearing, let us know. We appreciate episode number five. With my co-host, Dave O'Hara, and we are fresh off of Memorial Day weekend as we are recording this. So we want to kind of shift gears from the military to remembering uh, Major League Baseball great. I know he was a, a dear friend of yours as well, Dave, and so my sympathies go out to you, Thank to you. all of his friends and family, but remembering the great Bill Buckner. Yes, and I would tell you, Shelley, he's a dear friend of mine via proxy of uh, Bob Dernier, who uh, played with Bill only so briefly in Chicago, but he became uh, a friend through Bobby uh, Bobby D and my association of recording a show together, and uh, I had the occasion to talk with Bill because of Bobby, and so listeners, you'll be able to hear at the end of this segment, and at the end of the third and final segment of this show, uh, some sound bites over the years that Bobby and I, when we interviewed um, Bill Buckner, and you know, Shelley, a couple of things I want to share before, you know, Bill was a uh, former batting champion, former uh, all-star. Uh, I tell you, there was so much going on in Bill's life as a play, in a playing career. And I want to let listeners know that you'll hear at the end of this segment, Bill talk about his upbringing and his family. Yes, he was raised in the Vallejo, which isn't that far from where you are now, uh, Shelly, in the Bay Area, recording this with us this week, visiting your family and your daughter and, and son-in-law, George Kittle and Claire Tittle. And your, uh, your uh, son, Riley Till, is with you, an Iowa basketball player. And, and listeners, you know what? I'm really Miss. I didn't say this earlier, and Shelly, you're too humble to bring it up, but congratulations. Before I get into Bill Buckner's story, your son Riley has been awarded a full scholarship by the Iowa basketball team, so we'll get to that in other stories, but I wanted to say congratulations publicly to you on that. Yeah, well, thank you, Dave. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, so yeah, you're very welcome. Wonderful, wonderful surprise and great phone call to get, and we are just blessed, um, and Riley is, is 
thrilled and we are honored to be in that Hawkeye family again. Yeah, and deservedly so. And but, but I would say this to you, when I get into Bill's story, I want you to share with the listeners because I've seen Bill play over the years, but you know, it, it just I'm always amazed and he said uh, we're friends and, and co-hosts and I love hearing this. I find out new and different things about you every week we talk as do you about me, but I was really a shot in the arm for me and Bill again is a great story and everybody wants to talk about and we're going to get into that story about uh, this Boston Red Sox game 6 of the World Series against the uh, New York Mets. And for those of you that don't know, if you Google Bill Buckner, uh, rest assured, and unfortunately, he's been labeled by one play, but you'll hear Bill also talk about what a great career he had. In Chicago, Shelley, when you went and saw your first Major League game with your dad, as you mentioned, the aforementioned veteran, and uh, is no longer with us, so an even more special memory for you. But I will tell you this, you know, Bill Buckner it rarely talked about himself like this, but in this interview you're going to hear later at the end of this segment, Bill said to me, you know, Dave, I was bigger... I was the biggest, he was voted the most popular athlete in Chicago in the late 70s, early 80s before he went to the Red Sox and he started with the Dodgers originally. And Shelly, this was before Michael Jordan. And of course, when Bill was traded to the Red Sox, and obviously <laughs> Michael Jordan became Michael Jordan and nobody was bigger in Chicago than that. But I will say this to you, Shelly, I would love for you to share with, with me, I haven't heard the full story yet, and the listeners. Bill Buckner started with the Dodgers, and when you went with your dad to your first major league game at Wrigley, it was the Dodgers and the Cubs, how appropriately with Bill Buckner playing for the Cubs. So share that story with the listeners, and then we'll get more into Bill's story of grit and courage, if you would, please. Yeah, well, my dad, Jerry, uh, was a huge, huge Dodger fan. And uh, actually, in, in the latter part of his life, he died when he was 65. But he, and it was actually the the summer, the uh, after my daughter Claire graduated, but she had signed to play basketball at Iowa. And so you either saw my dad wearing Iowa Hawkeye gear or Los Angeles Dodger gear, nothing else. <laughs> and I mean, even out to dinner, it was Hawkeyes or Dodgers. He was just a huge Dodger fan. And so he took me to my first Major League Baseball game at Wrigley, as you mentioned. And I'm going to guess, I don't know the exact year, but it had to be 78, 79, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, yep. it had to be that. So, uh, yes, Bill Buckner had to be there and this was in the Tommy Lasorda Dodger days, um, and I remember being in Wrigley. And it was, if fans remember this, the night before, the day before, the game went so long that they had to call it, and they had to come back and finish the game. And on the next day, that we were supposed to be there, so we were able to like catch the tail end of, the, <laughs> of that game and then get a whole other bonus bonus game uh, with the Cubs Dodgers. Can't tell you who won the game. But it was my first experience at Wrigley Field, and it was a blast. And uh, I fell in love with Wrigley at that point. And actually, I was just there again last week, took Riley in to watch the Phillies and the Cubs play. But uh, just a special memory to be able to create with my dad. And I just remember, as you're talking about all of these Major League Baseball names, and then as I'm looking at Bill Buckner and his career and the names that he has mentioned amongst Mm-hmm. I remember all of those. I remember my dad talking about these amazing players, and, and I had the fortune to see some of them play in person. Yes. And I, I got to tell you, Shelley, to your point about with Bill Buckner, too, understated. And again, I mentioned the 1981 All-Star when he was with the Cubs. And when you mentioned it had to be 77, 78, 79, or 80, I don't know that for sure. But I'm like, yeah, those are the years. Bill was with the Cubs from 77 through 84. And then he started with the Dodgers, as I mentioned, from 1969 to 1976. But I, at the end of this segment, Shelley, the listeners will be able to hear, and we're going to string together some sound of an interview I'd done with Bill in the past, again, with my good friend and co-host uh, Bob Dernier, Bobby Dia, former Cub great as well. And Bobby wasn't there then when you were there because he didn't get there. 
he played there, 84, 85, 86, 87, started in Philly with those great teams of Pete Rose and Mike Schmidt and Steve Carlton back in the late 70s, early 80s, and then Bobby left in 87, and then went back to the Phillies to finish his career. But uh, when you talk about Bill Buckner, it, it is so amazing, Shelley, that he talks about his upbringing and his dad. And now we, you know, and, and you're going to get into more of this later on, as am I, uh, and ESPN and all the other retrospectives. One guy got it right, and that was Scott Van Pelt. I, I watch SVP every night, Sports Center with uh, Stanford Steve and Scott Van Pelt, and, and I love the segments they do. And his one big thing segment, you're going to talk about that in a little bit, and I'm going to dovetail into that. But what I loved about Bill when we talked about his upbringing. Now, I didn't bring this up in the interview. We talked about it off the air, and he thanked me for he didn't want to get into much detail. But his dad was a bit of a rough guy, and it wasn't an abusive home, but it wasn't the, the best place to be. But Bill, you'll hear sound bites of him playing in his uh, with his brother and in his house and playing sock ball if they didn't go outside and play. You know how some people will bat around uh, rolled up socks. But he said he was just involved all the time. So that's one your first story of grit right there where it wasn't the most pleasant home. So Bill went out and played sports all the time. And he, tra- and he talks about traveling to USC on a recruiting trip, University of Southern California, for football and baseball with the legendary manager Bobby Valentine. And Bobby Valentine, I remember when I was a kid, was a great baseball player, ripped his knee up. But Bobby and Bill and became, and, and we all saw the comments Bobby Valentine has made since Bill Buckner's passed away in the last uh, couple of days here. But uh, Bobby was the first-round pick by the 1968 Dodgers, and Bill Buckner was a second-round pick. Uh, but they both were looked at as football players by USC, too, but, but then went to um, went and played uh, baseball, obviously. And, and then Bill Buckner talks about being very hardworking and studious, Shelley, as you would expect him to be. And Bobby Valentine, he said, never picked up a book. And Bobby or Billy said, uh, Bill said, it made me sick because Bobby never... <laughs> Never picked up a book, but he always got better grades than me, too. And so he, there's good cut-up stories, and, and he talked about what a great recruiting visit he had with Bobby at SC and then going to the Dodgers and the aforementioned Tommy Lasorda, as you mentioned. And he talks about his first plate appearance in a meaningful game against legendary uh, Hall of Famer Gaylord Perry, his first at bat as in uh, with the Dodgers. So Bill has a great story. And then we also, Shelley, again, people want to talk about the ground ball in Boston in the 86 World Series that went between Bill Buckner's legs. But you know what, Shelley? And Hank Aaron's home run, and I was watching the anniversary of that in 19, um, it was, it was the, uh, the 44 year anniversary, I believe in 70, 73 or 46 year anniversary when Hank Aaron hit a 715th home run. And if you look at the video of the ball going over the fence, there's an outfielder climbing the fence to try to catch the ball. That is Bill Buckner, Shelley. Everybody thinks Bill Buckner was always a first baseman. He was a speedy guy, a very fleet-footed baseball player, and played the outfield till he ripped his leg up, his ankle up, sliding into second, and he talks about that. You'll hear at the end of this segment about how he almost lost his leg due to a staph infection. Wow. And the Cubs almost kiboshed the trade from the Dodgers to the Cubs because he, he came in, in with a cane. And he said the Cubs had no clue, and he had to take a physical, and he passed it, and then the rest is history. But... Bobby or uh, Bill will joke Shelley at the I, and I said I noticed you number you climbing the fence in the outfield that was you right on a Hank Aaron home run he said yeah because I heard rumors that that home run historic home run to break the, um, the record Babe Ruth's record of 714 Aaron hit the 715 that ball was going to be worth $50,000 and he said Dave if I catch that ball and sell it <laughs> I would have doubled my salary that year so we think about the multi <laughs> you think about the multi-million dollar contracts baseball players and here's Bill Buckner sweating out 25k back in the, the early to mid 70s and he was he laughed about it, but he was serious. He's like, I wanted that ball. 
So sure. yeah, he, he he went into the the, the bullpen or you know yelled through the fence. Uh, it's a wire fence, different than nowadays, a big wall. But he was like asking for the ball. So it, there's just some funny moments there. Bill sharing stories, but you know, Shelley, we we've talked about this. Uh, you know, unfortunately for some kids, they have a tough home life, and whatever that takes. And when Bill talks about that, it gets you involved in sports. I think that is some of the most. It, it's unfortunate that it happens to kids and parents, whatever stresses they have, and and kids can have a rough home life. Once again. That shows grit of making, as I mentioned earlier, making that tough upbringing and getting involved in sports and using it as fuel to be a better athlete or a better kid or a better student. Absolutely. And I think that still stands true today. No Mm -hmm. matter what, um, you know, uh, regardless of the level of the the rating you would give your upbringing, I I believe that every uh, young boy or girl has their own challenges and i think that sports athletics is one of the greatest things you can get your kids involved in from a the sheer standpoint of first of all it's physical exercise secondly it challenges them to set goals to make a plan to stick to it it forces them to learn to interact with other people of their same age it also forces them to learn how to take coaching and and interact with adults Um, it challenges their competitiveness and it gives you an opportunity i think in this day and age a lot of people really try to raise kids and protect them from failure Mm -hmm. and i think that's the biggest mistake we can make as a society because the one one of the the big components of building that muscle as i talk about is the ability to fail and learn from it and overcome it. Yep. And so if you're protecting kids from that, you are robbing them of the opportunity to grow their grit muscle. And what ends up happening, unfortunately, and studies have proven this, that if you grow up being in that protected environment, if you grow up as a young child or a teenager or even in, in through your younger 20s and you don't have to deal with adversity or you're protected from a lot of adversity, Studies show that anxiety levels go through the roof. Yep. There's a huge correlation between that. And we're seeing that more and more in, in today's society as people are just stressed out and anxious. And I think that sports allow you that outlet, not only physically, but mentally as well. Yeah, and to your exact point, and as we talked about earlier, in a game like baseball for Bill Buckner, where if you're, you're great if you hit three out of ten. And uh, that's the idea there, as you mentioned, learning to accept failure, a deal, not accept it, but deal with it. And Bill was a 289 career hitter. And, you know, in the next segment, you're going to hear, um, as we wrap up this segment, uh, with Bill Buckner and uh, a life in memoriam. And again, Bill tragically passed away uh, mid-morning on uh, Memorial Day. And so um, it's a, a former baseball great that I had the occasion through my friend and co-host of another program, Bob Dernier, former Cub great at Cubs alumni chat. I've had the occasion of talking with Bill over the years and recording interviews with him and getting to know him. And and I think that's the other thing, Shelly, is uh, I'm excited uh, for this uh, upcoming segment to talk more about Bill's life and career and moving on from Chicago into Boston, talk about the World Series, the Grand Ball, and and all those other things. Uh, I think you're going to be more surprised, listeners, again, of what comes up with Bill Buckner because it's a different story and it's in relationship to what Shelly and I talked about with Scott Van Pelt last night on 
ESPN Sports Center. Uh, that's the take in my experience with Bill. We rarely, if ever, mentioned it on the air uh, and off the air. We referenced it a few times, but there was so much more to Bill Buckner than that ground ball. So I want you all to know that. And, and he'll talk about how he has 2,700 career hits. You know, 3,000 is the staple, Shelley, as you know, that most people use in the Hall of Fame status for Major League Baseball. If a hitter gets 3,000 hits, they're in the Hall of Fame. You know, Bill has some Hall of Fame type numbers. So we're going to get into that and his, the rest of his story when uh, Too Much Grit to Quit continues. She is Shelly Till. I am Dave O'Hara. And I want to let everybody know again, as Shelly has mentioned numerous times, and you'll hear it on our intro show, intro and our show outro at the end of the show. Please like our, our show, subscribe to it, share it, download it, uh, give us some feedback, as Shelly had mentioned earlier, and I had dovetailed into that too. We're very inspired by your messages. So if you have any guests that you'd like to have us uh, have in future shows, please let us know that too. So Shelly, if uh, you're good to go, we're going to put a wrap on this second segment and come back with our third and final segment of Too Much Grit to Quit. You're still with us in San, Diego, in San Francisco? You bet. I'm here. Absolutely. I can't <laughs> wait. I'm looking forward to this one because I, I want to share the side of Bill Buckner that people don't hear enough about. Can't wait to do that. And you've got your story to that. And I've got the story and recordings for that, too. So we'll be back with the ever popular much, much more right here on Too Much Grit to Quit in just a few moments. If you go back to the days and you're growing up and, and I know your brother played and I uh, don't know much about your father or any of that or, or, or uh, what may have influenced you as a young player or even as a young Dodger. Uh, how did those years go for you? Well, uh, you know, my dad, uh, I remember, you know, uh, him showing us how to slide in the living room. We wore off the carpet and he <laughs> kind of coached us in Little League. He played junior college baseball, but, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It was just, it just seemed like, uh, we were always playing baseball when I was a kid. I mean, at the playground, in the if it was raining, we in the bedroom played softball. So uh, then wiffle ball, just hours wiffle ball. I think you know a combination of all those things really helped me develop as a hitter. I mean, nowadays everybody's got videos, their own coach, uh, private lessons. Uh, you know, so it's it's a lot different how how you develop as a player. Well, I think just you know just getting the opportunity to play in the big leagues, first big league at bat. Uh, 1969. It was excellent. I only had bat the whole season. Off Gaylord Perry, bases loaded, top of the ninth inning, uh, two runs down, pennant on the line. I mean, that was my first at bat in the big leagues. So uh, it's not going to get any more uh, no, more nervous in that situation than being in my hometown of San Francisco. But uh, just a lot of good memories. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm proud of a lot of the things I was able to accomplish. Just you know, just get 200 hits, 100 RBIs in the same season in both leagues. Uh, you know, I think I would have got the 3,000 hits if I hadn't uh, had the ankle injury. But, uh, you know, I played about 15 years uh, having to stick my ankle in a ice bucket for, you know, 30 minutes three times a day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how many players could have done what I did physically. Now, there were a lot of players that were, you know, had a lot of talent, better better, better players than me. But to be able, but I pretty much played on you know one leg for 15 years, so. I'm pretty proud of that and able to come. It's a tough playing in the big leagues against the best players in the world when you when you feel healthy, let alone when you're uh, having some physical problems. That was you climbing the wall or the fence in left field. I didn't know that until that was mentioned in your uh, bio. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, that, uh, there were rumors going around uh, the field that the, the baseball was going to be worth uh, fifty grand, And... Uh, I was only making twenty five, so you know what I was doing. When I, jumped up the <laughs> I tried to get the ball, man, double my salary. Welcome back to Too Much Grit to Quit. I am Shelley Till, alongside my co-host and friend Dave O'Hara. 
thank you for joining us and being along on this ride of Too Much Good to Quit. And we would just invite you to please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on basically every one of them, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it, we're there. And if you could take a moment and just take some time to rate our podcast, maybe write us a review. We thank you to all of the listeners who have taken the time to do that. We certainly appreciate the feedback. And as Dave mentioned in our earlier segments, if you have a story, a grit story you'd like us to talk about, or perhaps a guest you think we should bring on to the program, please let us know that as well. But we are entering our last segment for this episode and uh, remembering a major league great who left us too early this week on Memorial Day, the great Bill Buckner. And uh, I'm excited to get into this piece or this this component of the show because we get to talk about the greatness of Bill Buckner that unfortunately, because the media likes to overplay as they do, um, you know, it's been this way for years, but you make a mistake in sports and media unfortunately wants to highlight that and forget about the rest of the great things you've done. But we're going to give Bill Buckner his due in this final yeah. segment of episode number five. You know, Shelley, to your exact point, societally too, not just in sports, it's you, you and I in the media business, we've heard this expression before. It's called the lowest hanging fruit. So, you know, a lot of reporters will go to the police blotter and say this this uh, negative aspect of, and there's one thing to reporting the news, but to revel in negativity. And and you hear a lot of uh, the contemporaries in the last couple of days talking about Bill Buckner's life and said, you know, he never got what he deserved. I happen to know, and family-wise, his wife Jody and his three kids, they were uh, Brittany, Kristen, and, and Bobby, they were fantastic uh, kids, and he had a great family life. But that one moment in life, and I'm going to let you talk about Scott Van Pelt on ESPN, what you and I both saw last night uh, separately, but we saw it with the rest of the nation when Scott talked about his One Big Thing segment, and it's what you and I have talked about about doing with Bill Buckner on the air and in memoriam of him, uh, memorializing his life and his career, and the the approach I've taken with all of my interviews in the past with Bill that Bobby D and I did, and Bob Denier again, a former Chicago Cub, great and a brief teammate of Bill Buckner, but became friends after they retired from baseball and coached together. And I became friends with Bill through Bob Dranier and uh, Bob and Billy, Bob, Bobby and Bill were very close. And, and uh, I got to know Bill through interviews. But And you'll hear at the end of this uh, show also, uh, I'm going to run a snippet of Bob and I were able to catch up with him when Bobby D was out of spring training this year, Shelley. And to hear that interview again, it was 45 seconds. We were interviewing Hall of Famer Fergie Jenkins. And Bill Buckner steps in and Bob says, look who just walked up. I mean, in the middle of a Hall of Famer and Fergie Jenkins. And Fergie said, hello. Hello, Bill, and because Bobby D and Bill and some former Cubs were there to help with Fergie's foundation at spring training. And Bill Buckner, or Bob said, hey, uh, Bill, it's Dave O'Hara and me doing our radio show again. He goes, well, hey, Dave. And listeners, you'll hear a nice 45-second exchange that uh, Bobby and I had our last conversation with Bill Buckner uh, two and a half short months ago and just... Uh, just so sad, you know, as Shelly mentioned, uh, passing too early at 69 years old, because Shelly, uh, before I get too deep into this and, and, and get into Bill's story about transitioning from Chicago and, you know, professional sports being uh, the business that it can be, Bill talks about that, and you'll hear that sound by too, but I'm going to let you talk about what Scott Van Pelt talked about, what you and I saw, and hopefully the rest of the nation, and then we'll comment on that, and then I'll fill in the rest of Bill's story with your and my words, and then the audio of Bill at the end of this segment in the show. Yeah, well, it was interesting as we were making this trip out here today, I, as I mentioned, I had my son Riley with me and Riley's 21 years old. So he's grew up a baseball fan, grew up a Cubs fan. And we kind of touched on, I said, we're going to be talking about Bill Buckner in the, in the podcast today. And, um, you know, of course you pull him up on social media or you, uh, on the internet. And that's the first thing that pops up is the game six error in mm-hmm. the world uh, against the Mets in 86. But 
when I pulled out more and more information and was sharing it with him, the one thing that really stood out to me and was this piece that Scott Van Pelt did on his one big thing. And he does such a great job, but yes. I just thought this was, uh, this puts Bill Buckner's career in perspective. Everybody wanted to talk about that game six error. And as he mentioned, Scott mentioned, you know, but nobody's talking about the game seven when the Red Sox blew a three run lead in the sixth mm-hmm. to lose to the Mets. Just like the, nobody wanted to talk about, you know, the Cubs in game, in game seven of the 2003 NLCS when they, you know, blew that lead to the Marlins. But everyone wanted to, to blame a guy in the stands with headphones on. And Shelly, Shelly, I got to jump in for future footnote. I have had a recorded conversation, Bob Denier and I did, with Kerry Wood, who pitched the next game and holds no blame or ill will. I'll just give you a, a pre uh, a precursor to an interview we're going to do about, you know, fans or Steve Bartman or, or um, uh, uh, Kerry Wood. Kerry Wood said if you saw Steve Bartman today, uh, Shelly, as a quick aside, he would buy him a beer and hope his life is better. He should not have paid the way he paid for touching that foul ball. So I just wanted to exactly. say we're, we're going to have that for future. So back to what you were saying. I'm sorry I had to jump yeah, in. With that. No, that's right. That's great. I mean, talk about unreasonable scrutiny, right? Yep, yep. It, Bill Buckner had a 22-year career in the in the majors. He was 66 on the all-time hits list, and there are only two active players right now that are ahead of him. To put that also into perspective, there have been over 19,000 Major League Baseball players. So that means amongst all of the Major League players, 0.3% have ever had more hits than Bill Buckner. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yep. 0.3%. He's had more hits than Ted Williams, Ernie Banks, he had a higher career batting average than Carl Yastrzemski, Robin Yount, or Yogi Berra. He scored more runs than Hank Greenberg, Kirby Puckett, or Mike Piazza. Yep. He had a better fielding percentage than Willie Stargell, Lou Gehrig, or Frank Thomas. Every single one of those guys that I just mentioned are Hall of Famers. Yes. And Bill Buckner had better numbers production in a 22-year career than all of them. Yes. And, you know, Shelley, to your exact point, in those interviews, and thank you for bringing up those numbers and Scott Van Pelton. I'm excited even more so now for your son Riley and anybody of that age who was born after that ground ball in Game 6 of the World Series. There's so much to say on that. Uh, and I'm excited for Riley, your son, and, and everyone else to hear uh, Bill Buckner talk about, you know, we never brought it up. I mean, I want, I'm excited for Riley to hear the audio that I'm going to put at the end of this, uh, the second segment and this third segment of interviews I've done with Bill Buckner. And Bob Denier and I talked about this, you know, before we had him on the show, and I hadn't met him yet, and Bobby knew him a little bit, and we got to know him better, obviously, over the years. But, Shelley, he was so giving of his time, he finished playing 18 holes on Couples Day with his wife. Uh, the most recent interview before this last one here, when we talked to him briefly at spring training, was in 2016, uh, in August, right around, or late July, right before the trade deadline, before the Cubs went on their World Series run. And he talked about, I'll make time for you guys, Shelley, he sat on the 19th hole, as they call it, or the lounge on the golf course after playing 18 holes, and he left his wife inside, and he went out to the patio or the deck area and gave us a full hour of his time and did an interview away from his wife and and his family and friends out on a golf day and so that's number one class act as he was always beyond available and as he would always say to me dave i'll do anything for you and bobby d but primarily i knew it was for bobby d because he knew him well and hadn't met me yet in person and so just over only over in interviews but shelly we talked bobby and i talked about how you and i do when you do a little game plan before you go into an interview or a show or a segment and i said i really don't want to go to the lowest hanging fruit bobby and he goes i'm so glad to hear you say that dave because we want to keep it classy for Bill. He's talked about that ground ball in the 86 World Series. He's talked about all these things. And, Shelly, I could give you stats, and you're going to hear Bill Buckner. 
Two pitchers blew up that led to that ground ball, which was Bob Stanley and Calvin Schiraldi, who came over uh, to the Cubs, uh, from the Cubs to the Red Sox, like um, uh, Buckner did. And Calvin Schiraldi was a great college pitcher at Texas with uh, Roger Clements. And he had an unusually bad night. So usually manager John McNamara would take, take Bill Buckner out of the game at the end of the, uh, towards the late innings because of his lack of mobility due to his bad ankles. And we, t- Bill and I talk about this. Bill was the first one in baseball history to wear high tops. <laughs> so we joked about that and talked about that. But when that, and so normally Bill wouldn't even been in the game, but because it was going to be a wrap up of the uh, World Series and, and seemingly the Red Sox were going to win it in six games. McNamara left him in so he could be on the field to celebrate with his teammates and friends. Well, obviously that didn't work out that way. So, Shelly, he was so classy, Bill Buckner, that he did, a, for UTV fans that don't know, Google Curb Your Enthusiasm and Larry David. I'm a huge Curb Your Enthusiasm fan. Larry David was the co-creator and writer of Seinfeld with Jerry Seinfeld, the TV show. And he was played by George Costanza or Jason Alexander, the actor. But George, except Larry is a tall, thin, balding guy where George is short and stumpy and stocky and, and bald. And, and you saw in recent years where Larry David has played um, Bernie Sanders in uh, Saturday Night Live sketches. Very much looks like Bernie Sanders. But, Shelley, it was so funny. Yes, so funny to talk to, to Bill Buckner about that because my past life, I worked at NBC Studios and Tonight Show, so I have a, um, a uh, connection to Hollywood and entertainment and TV. And so it was so interesting that Bill Buckner told me, he said, Dave, I didn't even know who that was or who the TV show was. They called me like four times. And I finally said, yeah, fine, I'll do it because it was a real show. Because he goes, I, and he goes, now I go through airports instead of people saying, hey, you're that guy. And I knew what he meant. Hey, you're that baseball player, that guy. And he said, they say, hey, you're the actor from Caribbean Enthusiasm. And Shelly, the whole episode is about Mookie Wilson and uh, Bill Buckner meeting at a signing or a memorabilia show in Larry David. And his manager played by a huge Cub fan in real life, Jeff Garland. And they, they, um, are at an apartment or at Jeff's apartment with his wife and Larry has a ball signed by Bill Buckner and Bill Buckner is there. He comes with Larry to deliver the ball to this big cub fan and Bill is standing by an open window while they toss him the ball to sign it and he was looking away and and once again another ball gets by Bill Buckner. So Shelly, <laughs> he, he was so self-effacing that he did that whole segment, that whole show about himself and then at the, the show ends with Buckner standing on the street and Larry David and uh, Jeff Garland, his manager played, uh, or Jeff Garland playing his manager Jeff Green, they're at a, br- a bris or something like that or a baptism, and there's a fire in the building, and they want to throw a baby out to a fireman. And Bill Buckner's standing on the street next to the fireman after leaving there from signing the- from dropping this ball or signing it. And so they- Larry's like shaking his head, going, "No, I'm not going to throw Bill Buckner this baby." Well, <laughs> again, as the episode plays out, Larry throws the baby to the fireman. The fireman bobbles it, drops it, it hits, and right before it hits the ground, Bill Buckner dives in and catches the baby and saves the day. So he was so self-effacing and such a good sense of humor about this, you know, quote unquote tragedy or this bad rap that he got over the years. I can't even begin to tell you. And he talks about the tough business of baseball and how he vetoed a trade initially to be traded out by another very bombastic and and larger than life figure in Chicago, Dallas Green. And so you're going to hear all that at the end of this segment in the show. And Shelly, again, I know we got about three, four minutes left of this show this week. And I just thank you and the listeners for letting me talk at length about a guy I became friends with over the years, over the air. And again, you'll hear this final uh, segment that uh, Bobby D and I did, Bob Dernier and I, over spring training this year. And I'm just really saddened that a lot of people didn't get to know Bill Buckner the way I was able to, the the great perspective you have, and some of the other uh, right-thinking fans to give Bill what he 
deserved, as you mentioned. And you'll hear Bobby D and I talk about he shoulda, coulda, woulda been in a Hall of Fame. He had those kind of numbers. So, Shelley, I just want to thank you and the rest of the fans for indulging me because I really, really feel this memorializing and tribute to Bill Buckner is long overdue. And, and quite frankly, I'm glad I was able to do it while he was alive. And I appreciate you giving me the opportunity or you joining me in this opportunity to give him his just desserts, truly. Well, you know, what really sticks out to me about him, and, and thank you for sharing that, all of it, and giving us some more insight. But what sticks out to me the most about that story is no matter what scrutiny he was under, no matter what the public eye or the fan base or the media wanted to label him as, Bill Buckner didn't allow one moment in time to ident- to be his identity. Mm-hmm. He didn't own that. He, he went accountable for it. And he obviously talked about it and, and owned up to it, but he did not let that define who he was as a man, as a husband, as a dad, as a baseball player, as a teammate. And that is a lesson that every single one of us can learn from, no matter what our profession or what our role is, is to not allow a mistake, a failure, a mess up define you. And yep. that's why I love this podcast, because everybody we bring on here has a story. They all have a story of being down and sometimes being kicked while they're down. Yep. And it's, it's, we all have our moments and it's easy to stay down there and to just think it's not worth it. I can't, I can't dig myself out of this, mm-hmm. but every single person has found a way to do that. And so I just, I think it's amazing. His story, I thank him for being able to do that and to, to come out into public and to, poke some fun at it and to make mistakes and failures and mess ups. Okay. Because it is, I mean, we do it every single day and there is no such thing as perfection. And I think Bill Buckner handled that with class and grace and he is a model of grit for all of us. And you know what, Shelley? I could not agree with you any more than what you just said. And I will add one other thing that Bob Janier told me, uh, my friend and co-host from Cubs Alumni Chat and former teammate of Bill Buckner. And we were talking about that play. And as I mentioned, he never blamed his pitchers or his teammate, did not blame his manager, totally took it and owned it. But one thing he said to Bobby off the air today, and I've talked to Bob Janier now the last couple of days, and we're going to record our tribute for the Cubs Alumni Chat Show uh, this week as well. And we're going to use some of this audio that you and I have talked about. You know what he told Bobby D when Bobby said, well, I got to ask you, Buck, you know, what, what what were you thinking after all these years? What when that happened? What did you think? And he said, "You know what? I thought to myself, Bobby. Okay, we lost this game, but I've never. Who gets to say in their life, hey, I got to play in Game Seven of a World Series? So you talk again about grit and self-effacing and picking yourself up and dusting yourself off and saying, okay, I got one more game to play. Now it was a little bit of a light-humored comment, but once again, it didn't break him. And you know, unfortunately, they lost Game Seven and, and ended up losing those last two games and losing the World Series to the '86 Mets, four games to three. But to the very end, even off the air, you know." What a great attitude about grit and just you know stepping up when you, when when God and everybody is watching you know Shelley and again mm-hmm. I, I can't even begin to say thank you enough and listeners please uh, don't leave our podcast yet because as Shelley and I are saying our goodbyes uh, the last couple minutes are going to be with some audio that I had with Bill Buckner and also my uh, co-host and friend Bob Gunier of my Cubs alumni chat show so please stay tuned for that Shelley safe travels back to the Midwest enjoy your family time and again I'm excited to have the young ones uh, like I said your 21 year old son your mid 20s uh, daughter Claire your son Riley your son-in-law George I'm excited for them to hear the audio about the who the real you know true Bill Buckner is and and uh, again it's time as you mentioned long overdue and it's time he gets his just desserts so Shelly thank you again so much for another great show and I'm inspired as always and uh, we'll have another great story next week 
I'm looking forward to it, my friend. Yeah, I am as well. And again, as she so aptly puts it, and I could not agree more, for my friend and co-host Shelly Till, I'm Dave O'Hara on Too Much Grit to Quit. Uh, and again, I will say thank you, thank you a thousand times. Thank you to Bill Buckner, uh, Bill Buckner and as uh, Shelly had mentioned, uh, condolences, prayers, and thoughts to him, his family, his friends, his former teammates, everybody uh, who's a life Bill ever touched. Uh, just uh, rest in peace, my friend. And for again, Shelly Till, I'm Dave O'Hara on Too Much Grit to Quit. That's all from us. Thanks to all of you. Charlie, I'd just like to add one thing. You know, Calvin's taken a lot of heat over the years, as well as I have. But, you know, uh, we we would have never got to where we were without Calvin Charlie. He was a, no you know, doubt. He, yeah. I mean, he was lights out for the last two months of the season, uh, you know, and, and uh, did a great job for us. So, and uh, I, I just wanted to make that make make that point. But how did the ankle injury, would you let the fans know, how did that injury happen to you? Initially, well, it was when I was with the Dodgers in '75. Uh, originally, heard it uh, lighting into second base, stealing a base, tore some ligaments, had to have a bone bone moved, and a screw put in my ankle. But then mm-hmm. the next year, '76, uh, it was you know pretty good. But I had a uh, surgery at the end of the year to get it cleaned out, some bone chips, and then I that's when I developed a really bad staph infection and uh, almost lost my leg. So uh, you know that's. Uh, Unfortunately, it happened when I, that was the year I got traded to the Cubs, and uh, they almost called off the trade because when I showed up to spring training, I was still walking on a cane. They, you know, they had no clue what was going on. How did you know that? Just by the vibe? Did you hear something? Did he say something? How did you know he was trying to trade you? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it in the media, but, uh, you know, uh, they, you, you, stuff gets leaked out uh, strategically by the team. So, there you go. Yeah, I, I knew my days were limited. I mean, Dallas, he, he wanted to, he pretty much wanted to get rid of everybody that was with the Cubs before he got there. But he, he had a little difficulty trading me because I was the most popular athlete in Chicago for a few years. So, And, you know, you know, hitting well, playing well, making all star teams, winning batting titles. So he, he had trouble trading me. I mean, he couldn't trade me uh, because he would have taken too much backlash. But then in 83, I had a little bit of an off year. So I knew he was going to jump in there and take advantage and, and go ahead and trade me. So... Long story short, uh, I was uh, in with Larry Boa in the outfield. Uh, we we stayed back from a spring training game to take some extra hitting, and uh, uh, we, we we're talking. And we look over, and the assistant general manager is looking out right field. And I told Boa, I said, "Hey, hey, Bo, I think I just got traded." <laughs> so sure enough, he calls me. He, a few minutes later, he calls me in uh, Dallas' office, and uh, Dallas tells me he, you know, he's uh, traded me to Philadelphia Phillies, and I said. Well, how'd you do that, Dallas? And uh, he kind of looked at me funny. I said, you know, I've got a no-trade contract, plus i got a 10-5, and five, which means, uh, you know, 10 years in the big league, five with your current team. They have to get your permission to trade trade you. But, and I, I knew I needed to go, but uh, Dallas kind of kicked me off, and uh, I thought it showed a little lack of respect. And uh, so anyway, long story short, I, they, they, they called off the trade to the Phillies, and then I got traded a month later to the Red Sox. And you said you didn't even know who Larry was or Kirby Enthusiasm when they called you. Is that right? That's right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, uh, I, it, was, it was fun. It was a lot of work. I mean, we spent four days in, <laughs> Jeez, four in, days in the for city that. in New York uh, filming it. But it was pretty cool. I had my own trailer, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> that kind of takes you away and, from Boise. Four days to shoot that. Wow. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. And, uh, but, you know, I appreciate it. It's a lot of work, too. A lot of, a lot of time spent out there. But uh, I think uh, it, you know, I... I, for, I still have people come up to me when I'm walking through airports and whatever. They, 
It's it's not Bill Buckner, the uh, baseball player. It's Bill Buckner, the actor. Amen to that. thing that they recognize me for. Bill, as I said to you off the air, we look forward to having you back whenever it works in your schedule. Sounds good. I appreciate you having me on. All right, in the last two minutes, he walked up on me here. Billy Buck just walked up. Good morning. Hey, Bobby. I got Dave O'Hare on the line doing the radio. Say hello. Hey, Dave. What's going on? Hey, Hey, doing well, Buck. Uh, Thanks for joining us a couple years ago. We hope to catch up with you. How are you doing these days? Doing good. Doing good. Nice to be back in Arizona, getting out of that uh, snow in Boise, Idaho. Oh, there you go. And last time we talked to you, uh, just come off your Kirby enthusiasm. Are you going back to that, or are you going to stick with baseball for a while and leave TV alone? I, I think I better. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, great talking uh, we'll to you, Bill. We'll day for sure. We'll pick a Thursday, and we'll do a tape like we're doing right now. Buck. We'll do a whole show. Sounds good. Sounds good. Hey, hey, thanks, Bill. I'll talk to you soon. This is Too Much Grit to Quit. Sports personalities Shelly Till and Dave O'Hara bring you non-sugar-coated stories of the famous, not-so-famous, and everyday hometown heroes who have overcome adversity and incredible challenges to achieve success. Too Much Grit to Quit. Discover the key to unlock the chains that keep you from achieving your dreams. Please subscribe, like, share, and download today.